Hey, this is Brandon McKnight, a.k.a. Chester P. Runk on CW's The Flash. I'm here hanging out in the man cave with my boy Elias. Uh, hope you like the show. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. You're A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Brandon, welcome to the cave. Thanks for having me, man. How's, your, how's your, your Sunday night going for you right now? It's not too bad. It's like Sunday afternoon, evening for me right now because I'm in Vancouver and it's good. It's good. This is like the fourth day of sunshine, so I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> well, Vancouver is kind of weird with that weather, right? It's like you got a few days it's of sun and then it's like rain, right? Rain for like nine months a year and then like a few days of sunshine <laughs> and then a few months of like in between. <laughs> hey, what are you do? At least you're you're working, right? That's all that matters. Exactly. Can't complain. Cannot <laughs> complain. So yeah, man. The listeners and the viewers, uh, they know you from the the, the season of Flash as uh, Chester. And congratulations, mm-hmm. by the way. You know, it made you uh, season regular. That's got to be exciting. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, you work really hard to get to this point. So like, it's 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 a blessing. Yeah, I can't wait to dive into that. And, and, you know, you said you were, you know, you worked hard to get to this point as an mm-hmm. actor. You know, you have a journey as soon as you as soon as you decide this is what you want to do. This is what you want to get into. Like, what's your journey? Like, what's your story? How do you, do you decide to get into the business? Well, I started doing it when I was like, I think I was around like 12. Yeah, I was like it was like grade seven. So around 12, uh, we did like this little this little play. Uh, my English teacher, who was also our drama teacher, decided to come up, help us all like write a play together. And we came up with uh, the Granny Awards, which is like a, <laughs> an award show for all of the uh, all of the uh, Mother Goose characters. Okay. So I played Little Pig number two, I think it was. <laughs> and I remember me and my other two friends, they played Little Pig number one and Little Pig number three. And we were getting, uh, I think we were getting we're getting awarded for like best engineering or something like that. Cause of the houses that they built. And um, uh, yeah, I remember getting out on that stage. We had planned this whole dance. We're going to, okay, we're going to go out there. We're going to do this dance when we accept our award, blah, 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 blah. I remember doing that and everybody in the audience just dying of laughter. And that was the first time I was like, Oh, this is great. Like, I really love this. Like I want to yeah. do this all the time. Um, but I didn't know that it was a job, honestly and truly. Like, I didn't take it seriously as, like, something I could pursue until, like, after high school, to be honest with you. And mm-hmm. I remember there was a day where a guy, I used to work as a mechanic, and there was a guy who was, at the time, I was an apprentice, and he was my mentor. And he told me, he was like, listen, there's something about you that's bigger than this. Don't be trapped in these four walls turning wrenches for the rest of your life you know you really got to go like do something like you're always talking about this acting stuff you're always talking about movies and directors and da 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 da. so you need to go chase that and I woke up the next day and I was like yeah yeah I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go do this so it was really like a wake up and made the decision and for a good three four years after that I was just trying to figure it out you know what I mean? Because I didn't know anything about it. Didn't know anything about the system of how it worked. Any, I didn't know anybody in it. And I kind of had to figure it all out on my own. I signed with my first agency who was like, I found them on Craigslist. 
Wow. And, you know, kind of just like figured it out, which was all a blessing because it made me have to like really learn what everything was. And, you know, I was doing a bunch of films, a bunch of short films that I've never seen and just a whole bunch of stuff like that. And, you know, now, now what, that was maybe like seven or eight years ago. And now I'm here. So where uh, I assume you took acting lessons and you studied. Uh, where did you yeah. where, where did you do that at? Well, I wanted to go to a school in London, England called Lambda, and I got okay. into it. All right. Um, it was wildly expensive. Um, and, you know, I come from like just a just a, you know, blue collar family. Don't really have much. Yeah. So it wasn't really something that we could do. So then I worked my ass off and, you know, saved up as much money as I could. auditioned for Lambda again. And unfortunately, my family was met with certain circumstances. So I wasn't able to put the money that I had saved, which still wasn't enough anyways. But the money I'd saved had to go towards uh, uh, family issues. And then after that, I was just like, well, you know, I guess I just got to like piece it together. And before, while I was like waiting to hear back from Lambda and stuff like that, I was going to like little private coaches in Toronto. Um, so that's basically what the the background of my schooling was, wow. just like private classes, bouncing from class, class teacher to teacher until I found a couple of people that fit and really, really jive with me. Yeah. And that's all it's been. Wow. So while you were studying and, you know, doing your acting lessons, uh, how long before you started auditioning for projects? Well, um, I, I <clears throat> once I signed with my first agency, I started auditioning for things, but they were all like non-union things. And okay. Like I said, student films, I've done a ton of student films um, <clears throat> and a bunch of like short films from people I would meet doing the student films and they'd break off and go do their own film. Yeah. Um, so I was always auditioning, but I didn't really start auditioning for real roles until I signed with my second agent. And, um, that's when I started auditioning for actual like TV shows and stuff like that. And that was, that was maybe, I'm going to say about five years ago before I auditioned for my first like real TV show, like my first unionized, yeah. uh, project, um, didn't book anything until maybe my first and my biggest booking came like four years ago i think it was 2016 so four or five years ago yeah wow. yeah what, uh, what was that that you booked that was shape of water okay wow yeah. so so yeah so it's been like like i said mentioned earlier a journey for you to get yeah, to this yeah. point quite quite the, so, quite the journey. so you've booked a few roles before uh the flash like what was like one of your favorite roles that you booked that you could still think to this day well, the biggest thing that like completely changed me and changed the way I saw everything was The Shape of Water. That was the first one. And that was, uh, that one made me union. That one got me into the union. Yeah. And um, yeah, just getting the chance to see, you know, A-listers and people who have been doing this for a long time do mm -hmm. it. It's a different kind of training to like be in the midst of that and see how everybody works and see how serious easy to get lazy as an actor and just feel like oh i can just do this and i can just do that but to see people working at the highest level and see how seriously they take it and see how dedicated they are to it and yeah. see how much like stamina they have in it as well it's like okay this is this is real like this is this is a job this is work it's a craft you gotta like hone it um and you know i got to so it was october spencer sally hawkins and michael shannon those are the three that the three biggest people in the film those are the three that I had all my scenes with or was on set with. 
And Octavia Spencer was kind enough, you know, between takes to sit down and give me advice for like what felt like a half hour. I'm sure it was like five, 10 minutes, but I was just like reveling and I was at home. She's <laughs> like telling me all this stuff. So, um, and all the advice that she told me uh, really, really like changed the game for me. And again, just watching her work really changed the game for me. Mm, wow. Yes. So, and now you're on the flash. Yeah. That's, that's get Okay. First of all, like, what's the, how exciting has this project been for you? And like, what was the feeling with all this? It didn't feel real for a long time. I remember when I got the call from my manager. <laughs> so I remember auditioning for it. Didn't hear anything for about like two, maybe three weeks. And then my manager called me and he was like, Hey, I need you. And I was out at the time. He was like, I need you to like cut together a new demo. Like they're interested, but like, they're just, they just don't see enough and they want to see more and blah, 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 blah. So like cut together your demo. We're going to do this. I want you to cut your demo here, here, do this, do this. And I raced home. I got it all done. And um, I sent it to him. He was like, no, we need some more of this, some more of that. So then in the midst of doing that, he calls me back and he's like, Hey, don't worry about the demo, man. And I was like, Oh, like in my mind, I'm like, Oh, I just lost it. I wasn't fast enough. Like, huh. And I remember just like my heart dropped. And then I just remember, I was like, you know what, Brandon, it's okay. Like if, this one doesn't work out then that's cool you got this close that means something else is coming blah 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 blah. he was like you don't need to send it because uh you got it and i was like what and it was like immediate like numbness it was like oh okay and then we hung up the phone and it was tears and then i stopped crying and then i went to my girlfriend i was like i got it and then it was just this whole thing. And then after that day, it was just like surreal. Like it didn't feel real uh, until like I was actually on the plane to Vancouver to do this thing, you know? Yeah. Now, when you first booked it, was this only for uh, a few episodes? Because you, you didn't get picked up this year as your yeah. as a series regular. Yeah. The idea was always like <laughs> low key. I think that my first few episodes on the show was like my audition okay. as a series regular. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Because. There was always the idea of, you know, and what they told me was there was always the idea of you'd be like a recurring for this season. And then there's a possibility that he would be a series regular. Wow. Um, I was only in three season, three episodes last season because yeah. then COVID hit, et cetera, et cetera. I was supposed to be in about five, five or six. I don't really remember. And um, yeah, so there was always the idea that it was going to become series regular afterwards. And I kind of took it as like, okay, these few episodes that I'm doing right now are my <laughs> audition. So let me make sure I like really like hone in and do what I had to do. Yeah. And people really like the character too. So I guess that all, that all helped. That's awesome. So when you booked the role, were you like, were you a fan of The Flash? Did you see the show oh, before yeah. this? Oh, yeah. Like, are you a comic book fan? Yeah, yeah. The Flash was mine and my little sister's favorite superhero. Her way more than me. Um, I say this all the time. Like she has flash tattoos. You walk into her room, she has flash posters all over the place. Like, so we had watched the show. Um, I think at the time I'd only seen up to season four or five. Okay. Um, but before my first day on set, I watched every. No, I think we were up to like season three, like halfway through season three. And before I got to the set, like I made sure I watched the entire thing and like finished, like was up to date on everything. Um, but yeah, big Flash fan, big fans of the show, big fans of the character. That's awesome. So uh, how fun is it playing Chester? It's very fun, very exhausting, very fun. Yeah. <laughs> big ball of energy, big ball of happiness, big ball of feelings. How do you uh, how do you prep for a role like this? You know, like compared to like other characters and roles you've played before? Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's funny. There's this one quote. I think it was, uh, I don't remember who, I think it was Tom Hanks that said this. I was watching like this uh, Hollywood Reporter roundtable that yeah. he did once. And he said, if, if you want to be an actor, you have to throw the idea of feeling silly and looking stupid kind of out the window. And that's kind of how I approached Chester because he was always supposed to be this very energetic guy whose mind works fast and his mouth does and his mouth works pretty fast. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and you know, uh, the whole the whole dog seeing a squirrel type thing where it's like, oh, my God, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And then, oh, my God, this over here. And then, it's, you know, so always this always ping ponging ideas, almost too smart for his own good and too quick for his own good. Um, and then also just like a bundle of joy. Like this is I always describe him as like a fan of the show who's actually on the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I he's, see he's, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? He's thrown by everything. Everything's amazing to him um so you know this is this is the first time i've ever like had to play a character like this where i could really just be bonkers and it kind of all works for who he is um i can be over the top and and it works for who he is he's supposed to be this kid who's like you kind of have to like you kind of have to like <laughs> you kind of have to like be mindful of him when you're in the same room as him and be aware of like oh no this is just how he is you kind of just have to accept it because he's just always ready to go, always excited by something, you know. And then uh, Eric Wallace, the showrunner, also gave me a couple good notes um, on our first day of shooting 601. And he was like, Chester is always the most empathetic in every room that he's in. He just doesn't know that he is. He's also yeah. the smartest person in every room that he's in. He just doesn't know it. Um, so I also lead a lot with that where he doesn't realize how much power he actually has and how much he can actually affect people and how smart he actually is. And he knows he's a pretty smart guy, but he's literally the smartest person in every room that he walks in. Wow. So you mix all of those together. And, yeah. and you know, I kind of I kind of always try to lead with the empathetic side of who he is. What do you uh, what do you love about this character? And if you could change something about him, would you is there anything you would change about him? <laughs> What I love about him is everything I just said. Like, yeah. he's the empathy that he has. And he's, you know, in a way, and, you know, we'll hopefully see him develop where his, his, his power and his effect on the team is that, that he is the ever positive human being. He is the person that feels everything that everybody else is feeling. You know what I mean? He is, he is the support system and he doesn't even realize that he has that kind of, that kind of effect on people. Um, and he's also just this big, adorable kid. Like he's a grown man who's <laughs> allowed to be a child. You yeah. know what I mean? Which I think is so important, especially as a black man. You don't see that in a lot of black characters where you get to just be, you get, you're a grown ass man who gets to just be adorable, who gets to just be this kid. You know what I mean? You don't have to be tough. You don't have to be strong. You don't have to be this. You get to just be bonkers which I absolutely love about him. Um, and I really don't think, I really don't think there's anything about him that I would change. You know what I mean? He is honestly probably like one of the most peaceful people the show's ever had. He's a pacifist. He's, a, he's an empath, not in terms of powers, but in terms of who he is as a human being, right. he's an empath. Um, you know, so... I, I I love Chester exactly how he is. And you mentioned, you know, like, like your character, like you said, he's kind of like a, not a kid, but in certain scenes, but it's like, and you get to play with gadgets too. Yeah. Exactly. Like the 90s episode. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like that was an amazing episode for your character you so and for and for uh Cisco Carlos. Yeah. You know, it's like you guys had most of the you guys were the show that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was that just, was a lot uh, of fun. Yeah, like uh, let's talk a little bit about that episode. Like, what was like yeah. how fun was it going back to like a 90s theme? Extremely nostalgic. I was born in 1990, so like everything okay. about that episode. It was just nice. I already listened to a lot of like 90s hip hop and stuff like that. But that entire like two weeks that we shot that episode, it was just is every day in my trailer it was just blasting 90s everything. I was Britney Spears. I was listening to everything. Boy bands, <laughs> all of it. Um, uh, yeah. And then all the clothes and, yeah. you know, everything about it was just amazing. I still want to take those pants. I got a message wardrobe about those. Um, <laughs> but yeah, everything about it was like a lot of fun. A lot and you guys, and then you guys threw Blockbuster there too. Yeah, exactly. And Blockbuster <laughs> is a staple of my childhood. So, <laughs> I, the so I watched that episode again last night before mm-hmm. we spoke today, and one the scene with you and like seeing your father. Yeah, and it's like to me, I found like that's like there was a little emotions running through me, which is watching that episode, and I was kind of hoping with the whole the guy that was changing the times. Mm-hmm. And you kept going back, kept going back. And then I was like, I was kind of hoping like your character's father was still alive at the end. Mm, I, yeah. I was hoping for that. Yeah just, the way, yeah. just the way he was shifting time and the stories yeah. and everything. I was like, I was like, oh, what if he goes back and his father's alive? Yeah, yeah. That would have been amazing. Terry <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so you so I mentioned Carlos. Like I said, you have a lot of seeds with him. How would you describe the chemistry between you two? Um, Carlos is definitely Chester's mentor. There's very much so a mentor-mentee type relationship there, but it's also like, it's also a little bit of like a, a brotherhood in a way, you know what I mean? Where, you know, they're the same age, but Chester's new to this world. He's only ever seen it from the outside. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's only ever observed the Flash running around the city and observed, you know, Vibe and, and Killer Frost around the city. He's never, but now he's in this this fold with them. He's in this, he's part of the team. Yeah. Um, and the only other person that really speaks his language is uh, is Cisco. You know what I mean? So their relationship is built on the fact that they're both incredibly genius human beings who can finish each other's sentences. And, yeah. you know, when you're saying, when they're talking about all these words that sound like they don't even exist, the only people that fully understand <laughs> them are each right. other. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, and especially after that episode, the, the Back to the 90s episode, um uh, their relationship just gets stronger and stronger as time goes on yeah you mentioned you're, you're part of the team now you're part of team flash like how was it when you so you joined the cast how did they welcome you in as a family as part of the family that was the number one thing i was nervous about like literally on the flight there i was like oh my god i hope everybody's nice i hope everything's cool i hope i don't like bother or offend or annoy anybody like you always have to think about that because <laughs> right. you know the show is the show but like at the end of the day, it's work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And most of what you do on set, if you've never been on a set before, most of what you do on set is wait around. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of talking. There's a lot of, you know, relationship building and stuff like that. So um, I was thinking about all that stuff. And when I got there and the reception, everybody was so nice, so welcoming and it was just, you know, you want to fit into this mold. You want to fit into this machine that's already been working for six seasons successfully. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to be the one to come in there and, and, and rock the boat in a, in a bad way. 
You know what I mean? You've got to recognize that you're bringing in a new energy that hasn't been there before. So, you know, there's a lot of things that go on in your head, but everybody was just so kind and so welcoming. They really did welcome me with open arms. And, uh, and this was all pre COVID too. So like the big thing on set before, pre- before COVID took, took hold of the world mm. was hugs. And, you know, first day, first time meeting everybody and I was just hugging everybody and it was great. Wow. And everybody's yeah. extremely funny and very down to earth, very little ego on this set. And yeah, it was, it was great. It was great. Awesome. Couldn't have chosen a better show to be on really. Yeah. So I mentioned that you've had a lot of scenes with Carlos. Is there somebody on the cast that you kind of hope you can get more scenes with in the future? Um, somebody you want to work with? Yeah. Like in terms of the show more or just in yeah. general? Like, yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're up around, we're shooting, see, we're shooting episode 715 right now. So like, there's been a lot of developments throughout and um you know, one person that I would say I would love to have more scenes with is is Grant because Grant's great, but also Candace. Um, those two really, really opened their arms to me when I first came in too. Um, just going back to that, and like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've shot a lot with everybody. Like, I, it's Danny's great. I would love to shoot more scenes with Danny. Like, every everybody, Kayla, <laughs> kind of everyone. To be honest with yeah. you. I want to yeah. shoot with everyone. Awesome. <laughs> and what I love is because Chester is like the tech guy, he, I, I kind of, I will kind of get the chance to kind of work with everybody. Like even some of the guest stars that come in and out. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you mentioned Chester too. And it's like, we're going to, we're going to see powers eventually. Right. What do you think? I mean, I know as much <laughs> as you know, man. <laughs> we both, you, both just got to wait and see. Do you hope you get to put a suit on? absolutely i want my suit i want a super suit <laughs> i would love to get some powers and then you know actually join the team on the field as well as behind the cops yeah you mentioned uh you know you started filming this before covid like what's like a normal day now on set with all these covert protocols um you know it's i don't really have much to compare it to okay um on this particular set just because you know uh yeah, I don't I don't really have much to compare it to. It kind of feels normal to me. Okay. You know what I mean? The only difference is that everybody doesn't eat lunch together. You know what I mean? Um, mm. Other than that, everything kind of, and that's just that, you know, kudos to our COVID team for making it feel so seamless. I mean, you do notice some things. Yeah. And, you know, you got to remember to always put your mask on between takes and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, everybody is kind of s- segregated a bit and separated as it should be for what we're going through right now. But other than that, it's not all that noticeable. You know what I mean? There's just a lot more alone time yeah. um, between setups. Other than that, everything is pretty much normal. Yeah. Like had, for us, at I, least. Yeah, I've had other guests on where they tell me pretty much like you go to work and then after that, you have to go back to either your hotel or apartment or wherever you're staying at. They pretty much stay low key and that's it. Is that how it, yeah. how it is? Yeah, I feel like I feel like regular life is more different than on set is. On set is you go to work, yeah. you go to your trailer, you come out of your trailer, you go do your setups and you go do your blocking and blah, blah, blah. You work the scene, do the scene, go back to your trailer, wait till they need you again. That's kind of always what the flow has been anyways. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of talking here and there between. 
Um, but it's, it's not being able to see everybody on a regular basis outside of work that make, that is probably the biggest difference. Again, I don't have much to compare it to, um, because like when I first came here, I wasn't as close to everybody as I am now. So I wasn't really hanging out with everybody much. Um, when I first came to the show in season six. Um, so yeah, I feel like if without Kobe, we'd probably have a little more, a few more dinners here and there, yeah, you know what right. I mean? Go out for brunch or something like that. But other than that, not much, not much has yeah. changed. Uh, Danielle has uh, directed a few uh, episodes. Has she, yes. has, how's it, how's it, how was it being directed by her for a few episodes? I love, I love working with Danielle and I love her as a director. And she's just, she's, there's certain people that are just like built for certain things. Okay. And she's built to like direct. She's just very, and especially because she's an actor as well. The language she speaks when she gives you notes is very different. Um, and that's something, and that's not to take anything away from any other director. There's some directors who are very good at talking to actors and some directors who are not, and it's just their own mm-hmm. style. But she seems to be able to tap into both sides where she's able to um, be a director director and then also able to be an actor's director, you know, where she's able to just like tell you certain things and see scenes going in different ways that make it fun for us to do um yeah i love i love working with her i think she's she's just such a she's just so talented both as an actor and a director and it's like yeah i hope she directs a lot more you know that's two episodes now that i've that she's directed that i've been in and it's been a ball each time and she's so there's so much freedom when she directs as well so yeah i love it i love it is that also also i don't know I also don't know how she does it because she like acts in the episodes that she directs right. to. And that's a whole like that's kudos to her. Like she's just she's great. She's great. W- would you ever think about doing something like that? Directing? Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. love directing. I've directed my own a few of my own stuff. I'm working on a sh- short film right now that we're editing and post. Hopefully it'll be out like mid this year, late uh. this year um but i would love to get the chance to direct a flash episode you know um that'd be an amazing experience and you know i've been watching a lot in terms of like what kind of things they look for and stuff like that so you know hopefully hopefully in this future you might see you might see there you go some some randomly like directing this episode or something uh tell us about your short film uh how can the listeners and the viewers uh see it just follow me on my social media um right. follow me on my instagram as soon as i'm ready to like let the world know about it it'll be all over that we drop right. trailers about it it's uh it's a film called road marks and it's really just a film like just to keep it brief it's a film about sacrifice and a guy who sacrifices everything that he has in order to get everything he needs for uh for his family basically a uh, very heartfelt story um, my first full-blown short film. Um, very excited for people to see it, but awesome. I'm keeping hush on it till I'm ready. And then uh, just follow me great. on my Instagram. You guys will see. Okay. Uh, any other any other projects that you've booked that you coming that you got coming up? Nothing right now. Nothing right yeah. now. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. uh, so yeah. Lastly, you hop in the listeners and the viewers find you on social media. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. Instagram is really the only one I use. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Mr. McKnight. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Brandon, this was great. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. That's a wrap. That's a wrap.
wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast and our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Thank you.